swing and a line drive left field. Benintendi coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did! He got it! Here we go. It's time to party. Right here. 3-2. High drive! And crushed it! It's a grand slam! Swing and a miss, thankfully it's over! have won the world championship welcome to benny and the bets podcast can you believe it here's your host terry cushman Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast. Second night in a row coming to you with MLB playoff coverage. We will be previewing and predicting winners for the National League side of the brackets tonight. And we promise we'll try to be a little bit smarter and not get three out of the four wrong, at least in the first game, like was the case last night. Uh, joining us tonight again, uh, Charlie Smith and Jason Kelly will be doing the national side of the bracket with us, National League side of the bracket throughout the playoffs. How are you, gentlemen? I'm certainly doing better than Shane Bieber. Jesus, <laughs> talk about crapping your pants on the big stage. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, I'm pretty sure was that was brutal. that was Justin Bieber tonight on the mound, and <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Um, I admittedly didn't really get to see much of the other games. I do know Giolito had a perfect game going into I think the seventh inning or so, and just completely stifled the um, Oakland Athletics. So. Tampa, I think they won their matchup, didn't they? They did. Pretty they hard. did. Pretty yep. handily. Three to too. one. Yeah. And uh, Blake Snell had a ridiculous game. He allowed only one hit uh, through five and two thirds. Uh, he spun an absolute gem. I mean, absolute gem. Well, they are the best team on on that side of the bracket, in my opinion. And, you know, really well balanced all the way around. So, um, you know, if the Yankees do get by them, it's the, they're in for a pretty tough ALDS anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Getting into the National League side of it, we've got the Milwaukee Brewers and the Los Angeles Dodgers. They had a, a very epic seven-game series a couple years ago. Uh, right before playing us in the World Series. So a much shorter version of that with a three-game set. Um, Charlie, go ahead, lead us off. How, how do you see that series playing out? Well, Christian Yelich uh, basically hit as well as J.D. Martinez. So uh, not really sure what's going on with the superstars of most of their uh, on, on most of these teams, but... Um, I'm actually kind of torn because I went in yesterday thinking, I feel really good about my picks. I feel really good. And it's not over yet, but it's not a good way to start when you get three out of the four wrong. Um, When I look at both of the offenses between Milwaukee and L.A., it's a team that looks like they have uh, an all-star team already there. And you have a team of some really good players, some yesteryear players, 
but no one is really hitting well enough to scare me. So Milwaukee offensively, not doing it for me. As far as uh, pitching goes, I still think you have to give the edge to the Dodgers as well. I think this, you know, fool's gold would, would say, you know, Dodgers in three. The Dodgers have a chance to put this away in two. I really think so. Um, Dustin May pitched out of his mind this year. Clayton Kershaw literally looked like the Clayton Kershaw of like four years ago. Like, I don't know where the heck that came from. And then you mix in the fact that you also have uh, Walker Bueller in there. You have one of the best closers in baseball and Kenley Jensen. Obviously didn't have um, a fantastic year, but um, you have flamethrowers on that team. I think Dodgers in two. Bold yeah, prediction, Charlie. I, no, just kidding. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, I would tend to agree. Um, do you know who the leading hitter is on the Milwaukee Brewers in terms of batting average? It's Orlando Arcia, who, if you gave me five guesses, you know, if I just looked at it blind and said, who do you think led the Brewers in batting average for this shortened season? Uh, Orlando Arcia would not be my guess. This team's not hitting. Christian Yelich isn't hitting. Um, Keiston Hiora is not hitting. Avicel Garcia is not hitting. Ryan Braun's not hitting. Um, the Dodgers' pitching is just too good. They're going to throw Walker Bueller game one, and who are the Brewers throwing? Brent Suter? Like, I don't know what's going on in Milwaukee. I, it, it feels like they just don't They don't have the horses. that They're going up against, in my opinion, the best team in the National League, and they don't have the horses. So... I think the Dodgers take care of this quickly. Um, they're they're just firing on all cylinders right now, and Milwaukee just has nothing going on. I mean, unless they just suddenly wake up in these next couple of games, uh, I don't foresee that happening either. So, yeah, it's looking like this will be a quick one. I was actually surprised at the end of Sunday that the Brewers were getting in, and I think they were playing the – no, it couldn't have been the Giants. Who were they playing? I forget, but they lost the game. Let's put it that way. They lost the game, and I thought, oh, well, there goes their chance. Um, the Giants were in play on, on the um, in the other division, but it just it all broke a certain way. Philly lost. St. Louis won something like that, and then the the Brewers managed to get in. You know, with a twenty nine and thirty one record. Same as the Astros, by the way. So two teams getting in uh, below 500. But yeah, this... Yeah, I, um, they, they actually, the Brewers lost to St. Louis and the Giants lost to San Diego 5-4. to four. So I think that's what caused it. And if the Giants won, they were probably in. Correct, I yeah. I think, yeah. Yep, so... Um, yeah, so it's just kind of funny, you know, we kind of trashed this format last night and we'll, we'll get your thoughts on it, uh, at the tail end of the show, Jason, but this Brewers team has a much different feel to it than, you know, the 2018 team that came within one game of going to the world series. They're just, they're only in the playoffs by circumstance, as, as I just pointed out. And the Dodgers, I mean, the only question mark for me on that team is Kenley Jansen. And if they got a big enough lead before they, they get to that inning, if he's even going to be the closer, 
Um, you know, they, they shouldn't have too much to worry about, at least against the Brewers. Um, you got Brent Suter going game one, like you said. He's just going to be in there for an inning. You know, he's a bullpen guy. Um, and then Woodruff is going game two. I did read that his his last start of the regular season uh, was phenomenal against the Cardinals. Um, so maybe against an aging, you know, Clayton Kershaw, maybe they can force a game three. I doubt it, but uh, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go like you guys, Dodgers into. I'll say this though, out of my hatred for Rob Manfred, I would love it if, at a minimum, the Brewers somehow by hook or by crook do win Game One. That way, Manfred has to sweat out agonizingly those last two games, just just to you know maybe make a mockery out of him. But I can't uh, I can't let my hatred for for Manfred to you know get in the way. I still think it's Dodgers and two. Yeah, that would be beautiful if the Brewers win Game One, and you know here in Boston, the the knock on Mookie was always well he was right in the regular season but he was average in the playoffs imagine Mookie goes like 0 for 4 in the first game maybe 0 for 8 in game 2 and you know it just doesn't show up in the playoffs I would love that um but the rational part of me says probably not gonna happen that's an excellent point yeah because that's not a thing yet you know because he was able to the whole team was bad in 2017 and you know we came up short in 2016 you know against the indians and so he he wasn't really you know nobody put that on his shoulders you know david price had you know he had the weight of the world on his shoulders by 2013 but it's going to take you know probably at least another postseason or two uh for for mookie to get there but that is a team that's going to probably make the next several consecutive postseasons the way that they're set up so it could end up being a thing and and he really is not a big game guy in boston in 2018 he finally did hit a home run it was in the final game of the world series and we were up by a run or two so it was an important home run at the time but you know it it wasn't high pressure necessarily like some of those other at-bats where you know he could have impacted a game you know, converted a loss to a win or whatnot. So, and and his really only big play was a defensive play when he threw that laser beam throw from right field to get out uh, Tony Kemp, who tried to leg out a double for, a, you know, a really crucial out, I think, in the ninth inning of that game. So, so we'll see, but it's going to be interesting to kind of keep an eye on that, you know, as the postseason goes on. Uh, Cincinnati versus Atlanta, Charlie. I think I know who you like in this one. If I remember your your preseason takes, oh Atlanta. Really, you like Atlanta? Yeah, I, I'm going with Atlanta, and this is for a couple reasons. Um, so we a, a lot of people probably didn't know this, but do you guys remember when Dave Dombrowski and in his infinite wisdom decided to trade away Travis Shaw? Uh, Yaisen Kokoa. Um, uh, there's another prospect in there. Is a sh- God. I'm trying to remember his name. 
Um, anyways, we traded away basically a haul, and we got Tyler Thornburg for what we thought was going to be a fantastic reliever, possible starter, we're not sure. Well, we all know what happened with Tyler Thornburg. He wasn't used to the Red Sox pitching regiment and all sorts of BS excuses that began to follow. He's now a Cincinnati Red, which a lot of people probably don't know because the Reds are, outside of their pitching staff, not really memorable. Um, outside of offense, uh, sorry, outside of pitching, offensively, it's a lot of boomer bust players. You got the ageless Joey Votto, who just continues to do what he does, get on base. He's hitting 220. Eugenio Suarez, hitting 202. Nick Castellanos, he's hitting 225. No one is scary in that lineup. You're going to be able to plow through it. As far as your pitching rotation goes, Trevor Bauer, I know that, Terry, you're big on him. Luis Castillo, superstars. Sony Gray kind of came down back to reality. You got two of those guys. One of those will probably get a win. The other one will not because, again, we deal with these pitchers that don't have a lot of playoff experience, if any. And then you deal with Atlanta's lineup. Atlanta's lineup has Marcelo Zuna, Freddie Freeman, Adam Duvall, who kind of came back, doesn't hit for, for average or power, but Freeman and Ozuna hit 333 or better. Freeman was is probably going to be the, the National League MVP. I'll, I'll be shocked if he doesn't get a lot of votes. Hit 341. 13 homers, 53 RBIs. Averaged almost a run a game. Uh, almost an RBI a game. The guy could do no wrong. He did fantastic. Marcelo Zuna, 56 RBIs, 18 homers, 338 batting average. They have a very deep bullpen as well. Max Freed didn't lose a game this year. So if Freed can get a win, I'm, I'm saying Braves in three because I think the Reds are going to get one win from either Bauer or Castillo. They don't have enough behind it. I think Atlanta's got a better offense, no question. I think pitching, a slight edge to Cincinnati. Um but bullpen wise, I still think you got to go with the with the hand that's that, that's stronger. You have better relievers playing on the Atlanta Braves, so I'm going to go Braves three. Jason, I agree. Um, I think Trevor Bauer balls out and wins Game One for Cincinnati, and I think the Braves blank them the next two games. Not necessarily blank them, but. I think the Braves' offense takes over, and you know I think the Braves' bullpen is way better. Their bullpen numbers are way better. Um, I know everyone looks at them and says, "Oh, they don't really have a starting rotation." Well, you don't really need one in a three-game series. You just need a good enough assemblance of pitchers to get you through. And their offense is firing on all cylinders right now. They've got multiple guys that are having incredible you know, half seasons, whatever you want to call it. The Reds aren't hitting. Like, Eugenio Suarez is not hitting. Joey Votto's not hitting. Um, so where are they going to get offense from? You know, Mike Moustakis isn't hitting either. Nick Castellanos will hit a home run every now and then, but that's it. That's all he is. Um, I just think the Braves, their offense is going to be too much. Their bullpen's going to be too much to handle. Um, like I said, I think... Trevor Bauer is going to ball out. He's going to deliver game one. He's going to do all his histrionics. He's going to do his Conor McGregor strut, you know, and everyone's going to lose their minds on Twitter. Jared Carabas is going to come himself on Twitter. But, um, 
Braves are going to win the next two, and they'll win the series, and that's going to be that because they just have the better all-around all team. Their offense is better, their bullpen's better, and that's going to come through in the next two games. It's it's very it's very true. You you compare three thirty eight three forty one with the highest batting average out of those guys being two fifty five coming from Jesse Winker, yeah, uh, Castellano, Suarez, and Votto two twenty five two hundred two two twenty six. Sorry, folks, that's not going to cut it. That's less than one out of four. So I'm going to go the other way with this one. I, I kind of like the Reds a little bit more than the Braves. I, I think the Braves kind of sparted a little bit and, you know, they they didn't have Freed for the the last couple of weeks of the season, um, you know, due to an ankle issue. But there's just a vibe about the Reds right now that I like. You know, Trevor Bauer is pitching the best that he's ever pitched in his career. And he's had good seasons previously, but he's completely locked in right now. You have Joey Votto, making comments after the final game of the season saying the the Reds are going to be a bleeping nightmare, you know, for playoff opponents. And he's had a long, brilliant career, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt about that. And the year he lost MVP to Stanton, he, he reached base safely. This is a mind-boggling stat. He reached base safely in 154 games out of 162. And, you know, Stanton hit a million home runs and edged him out. Not the crime of the century, but ESPN called Votto the Ted Williams of our era. And it's just too bad that he's been on a team similar to, like, what Williams played on. You know, a team that just kind of, you know, underperformed, never really went deep in the postseason. And I think he's dying to win. And I like the starting pitching. I like Bauer in game one. I like Castillo in game two. I'm assuming Sonny Gray is going to pitch game three. That would make me a little nervous because we have seen him fold in the past. Um, But I just, I like the vibe. Archie Bradley has given, you know, their bullpen a little bit of stability. You know, you're hoping for the best with everyone after him, but I don't see why Amir Garrett can't be serviceable. I I can't see why Michael Lorenzen, you know, can't be serviceable. Um, So I think think they're good enough in every area. You know, the rotation, the lineup, and the bullpen, if they want to win badly, I think they can do it. And I think they want it really bad. And Atlanta did sputter a little bit, you know, coming down the stretch. So, uh, you know, they ran away with the division, so they had the luxury of it anyway. But give me Cincinnati. That's who I'm taking. And I did get three out of four wrong today, you know, based on the first game. So also take (laughs) that for what it's worth. Uh, Any final thoughts on them? No, I, I like the Cincinnati story. I, I root for Joey Votto. I've rooted for him for a long time. He's been one of my favorite players for a long time, and I like that they're kind of feeling it. That's one of those teams that I kind of compare them to the Nationals of last year. Like Nobody really paid much attention to them, but they're kind of feeling themselves. They have that swagger about them. So I do think that counts for something. Um, I just think the matchup isn't great. 
I, I don't love the matchup for them. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe the swagger carries them through. Maybe the regular season numbers, you know, over 60 games, they kind of become irrelevant, and that team just flips the switch, and Suarez and Castellanos and Moustakis are wrecking the ball, and um, I, I do believe in those three starters, you know, uh, with Bauer and Castillo and Gray, so maybe they they find it and they turn it on, but I just don't love the matchup, so... I'm still sticking with my pick, but I, I can see an upset for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with Jason. I can see it. Uh, oh, sorry, Terry. I was just going to say, I mean, a case could be made either way. You know, I'm not exactly. going to be shocked at any any result here. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, I'm going to call the next one the Steve Bartman rematch. We've got the Miami Marlins versus the Chicago Cubs at Wrigley, by the way. Um, yeah, so Charlie, go ahead. Uh, Cubs in two. That was easy. That was fun. <laughs> Next. Uh, did you guys know that Steve Bartman's actually going to be throwing out the first pitch? No. No, I'm kidding. Oh, uh, there's no way that would ever happen. <laughs> there's, are, there's no way. Sorry, he, that's, 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 that's just too cruel. I'm sorry, Steve. Uh, this is just a, a case of... Uh, an attempted mistake in identity. The Miami Marlins are only in here because there's eight teams in the playoffs. This team doesn't belong in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Uh, I know they're making a big deal about the fact that the Miami Marlins got to the playoffs uh, on the eve, um, on the anniversary of uh, the passing of uh, Jose Fernandez. I believe they mentioned that on ESPN. And that was, you know, we remembered him for being one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Um, and taking, you know, just a little extra long peek at his first career home run. But the Cubs this year, you Darvish, locked in. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, locked in. It doesn't matter who you put in. You're not going to see John Lester pitch. You're not going to see um, Mills pitch because you have two sub-three ERA pitchers. You Darvish was almost under two. Um, just absolutely crushed it. Arguably one of the better pitchers in the National League. And the only reason why... Um, I, I wouldn't say that you could call him like the best pitcher of 2020 is because the Cleveland Indians had the Beebs, who unfortunately laid an egg today. Um, but I, I just you you look at the Marlins team and yeah, some of them have better batting averages, but none of the names are sexy. You know, there's just not none of these guys here really scream. I think we should pitch around them. Chicago Cubs have three or four guys where it's like, uh, you know, he does really well against our team. We should probably not pitch to him. Three guys had 30 walks this year on the Cubs. Three of them. You have multiple guys that can steal bases. Not one guy in the Miami Marlins had more than 25 walks. This is it, this just is not a team that scares me. Uh, you look at the total number of home runs. They had 60. Uh, Cubs had 74. Batting average, not as good as Miami, but Miami's just not going to get the, the pop. And they, they don't have the rotation either. Um, I, I think Pablo Lopez is the only starter that people know. And I think that the, the rest of the rotation is just, you know, hit or miss. I, I'm not intimidated by anything in the, in the bullpen either. They're, they're just, they're not scary. So Cubs in two easy. So I'm actually going to go Cubs in three. Um, I think the Marlins pull a stunner in game one and they beat, they beat Kyle Hendricks um, Alcantara spins a gem. Their offense does enough, and they win game one, but that's it. 
They're not enough to win all three. Uh, you Darvish will shut him, shut him down in game two. Cubs will probably throw John Lester in game three, and Lester will do what he always does in big moments, and he'll button down, and he'll pitch well, and that'll be that. But I do like this Marlins team. I, I don't think this Marlins team is necessarily a joke. Granted, I agree that they would not be here if it weren't for the expanded playoffs. That's absolutely true. But they're better than people give them credit for. They've got some good young players who... Uh, you know, have a little bit of that same thing I said about the Reds. They've got a little bit of swagger about them. Like it's almost like no one's paying attention to them and they're gonna say, Well, we're better than you think and we're more we're further along than you think we are. Um, so I think they will win at least game one, but they don't have enough to get past the Cubs. The Cubs are too good. Um, granted I haven't been a huge fan of the Cubs all year. I think they've just kind of been coasting because they've played in the NL Central, which has been kind of a dog crap division. But um, but they'll win the next two, and they'll still win the series. But I think the Marlins shock the world in Game 1 and go up 1-0 at least um, to put a little bit of pressure. So I still say Cubs in three, but look for the Marlins to, to pull the upset in Game 1. All right. Wow. Jeez, guys. I... I'm going with the Marlins. I really am. You know, the the series they had against the Yankees, I can't remember if it was two out of three, three out of four, but the Marlins won the series, and I think they made a statement, you know, in that that game, uh, series rather, and... There's, I got a lot of concerns about the Cubs as far as pitching goes. I cannot argue that their lineup from top to bottom is better, you know, than the Marlins because the Cubs certainly do have the offense. But I'm a little bit worried about the pitching here. Um, if if they win Game One, if the Marlins win Game One against Hendricks, who's having his best year since 2016, um, I just think. You Darvish, raging head case. Not much different from David Price when it comes to postseason pitching. And yeah, the the Astros were cheating, and and he did get shelled both times in in that series. I still think off the topic because I do it all the time. If they would have went with Alex Wood instead of Darvish in Game Seven. The Dodgers probably do win that World Series, but they went with Darvish. Anyway, I mean, he's got a 5.81 ERA in the in the playoffs, going all the way back with Texas, who was in the playoffs pretty frequently. Um, you know, when Darvish was there, he did miss one season with Tommy John, though. But I just if if the Marlins win Game One, to me, it's over. Darvish is a head case. You you can go to the you can go to the Cubs bullpen. Jeremy Jeffress is a head case. You know, he he cost the Brewers the NLCS a, a couple years ago. Just didn't look good and I think he coughed up a game the round before that against the Rockies. He's not a guy I really trust, you know, when the pressure's on. And guess who else they have? <laughs> Craig Kimbrell who, you know, hmm. has also you know, scuffled and another guy I really don't want. Like I'm really concerned about Cubs pitching. And if this was a, a three out of five series or a four out of seven, I probably don't pick the Marlins, but 
I think a three-game series is tailor-made for them to go in there and pull off the upset. And, you know, they ended the season with a head of steam. Don Mattingly has done a really good job developing these guys. I thought he was just going to be, you know, there for the rebuild and then gone. But Derek Jeter really seems to like him. And, you know, they overcame a, a lot of adversity with, you know, the early COVID stuff. And I just kind of, I'm just kind of feeling it right now. If the Marlins lose game one, it's a different series. I, I think they automatically win game two. And Sixto Sanchez, you know, goes game two for the Marlins. You know, what a what an opportunity to shine, you know, especially everybody's calling him little Pedro and, and, you know, he's from the Dominican Republic as well. And Pedro's really high on him. So I'm going Marlins. Wow. So (laughs) this is actually kind of shocking to hear. Uh, You know, we all bagged on Kimbrell because he just kind of seemed like he got the yips and whatnot. Have you guys seen what he's been doing the past um, past like month and a half, two months? I, I mean, he, really, he has had a better year season. Yeah, he he had a bad couple of weeks, but I just can't I just can't get there with him in you know in a big game. He um, he started the season off allowing two runs in three straight. After that, he allowed three runs the rest of the year. It took him a little while. They've changed his mechanics. And he's going back to striking out two guys every inning. He struck out 13 batters in seven and a third, allowed three hits, walked nobody. That's vintage Craig Kimbrell that we used to have. Is he back to normal? I don't know. But I would be willing to trust him in a high leverage situation considering he's been there. He's helped this team get there. He's been there. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean – Offensively, these guys you know these these guys both got the same number of hit uh, runs, but pitching, dude, I one team was far better. I mean, I, I'm sticking with my gut. I I don't know if I can say it's it's as easy to say that a case can be made for this to go both ways. If this is going five or seven, it's Cubs all the way. I and I stick I stick by what I said. Three games, it's still going to be Cubs. It'll be interesting to see. I can't wait. I can't wait. This is over. Yeah, I mean, if this wasn't a three-game series, I, I probably would, you know, probably lean towards the Dodgers here. Uh, Dodgers, <laughs> the Cubs, but yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be a fun series. I'm I'm pretty intrigued, and I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I I don't know how much of it I'll see, but um, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, let's see, where are we? Uh, final game of the series, the uh, St. Louis Cardinals versus the Slam Diego Padres. I think I know who Charlie likes in this one. Hmm. So I'm going to go with Matt Hall. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so I, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a throwback for all the listeners that know how much I enjoy watching him play. Uh, this is obvious. I don't know anyone who's going to go against this. Um, the Padres did everything they possibly could to... They did the best New York Yankees impression. Buy all the good players. Let's get everybody we can. Let's trade for these guys. Let's do, let's uh, not buy, but trade. Let's trade for all these, these guys and see what happens. And, uh, you know, for Clevenger, it's really tough because we were excited to see what he could do this year. And then the whole... 
you know, going out and partying, getting in trouble, getting sent off to another team, and him not – I don't believe he's pitching in this series. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he's uh, – it's Paddock for game one. Paddock is one, yep. They have TBD for game two and TBD for game three. So I'm assuming I, he's starting at least one of those. I, I imagine that it's going to be Lamette and Davies 2-3. Yeah. Because we we don't know what Clevenger's status is, I'd rather see Clevenger. But then again, I made the mistake of saying let's see the you know the rookie and uh, the Beebs kind of let me down. Um, offensively, you have arguably the coolest youngster with one of the most bomb names, Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, great name, great player, great teammate. Uh, not much that he did wrong. I mean. There was such a fiasco earlier this year because he swung on a 3-1 pitch with the bases clubbed and cracked it over the fence. Uh, he he totally owned that apology by doing it a second time a couple days later. It's ridiculous. Um, the, the Cardinals pitching, I you know it was kind of cool to see Wainwright do better, but they have uh, Kim pitching in this one. He's been really really good, but I mean there are a lot of players that kind of disappeared. Um, Goldie kind of finding his old ways with with uh, the batting average, but the home run swing just not there anymore. No one hit more than more than seven home runs on that team. That's not really scaring me. The Padres had four guys that cracked double digits. That's scary. On top of the fact that these guys are all hitting for average and power. Manny Machado's hitting for average. He actually is trying. You know, he's actually hitting the ball real hard. I'm not a Manny Machado fan. I still am not a Manny Machado fan. But I'm a Padres fan in this series. Uh, I just, I, I don't think the Cardinals have it. I think they they win one, uh, and the Padres won this in three. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm saying Padres in two. Um, I look at the Cardinals. I look at the Cardinals, especially compared to the Padres. The Cardinals are old and washed up, and the Padres are young and they're on the rise and. I just think it's it's such a mis- mismatch. It's not even funny. Um, the the Cardinals would need, you know, I don't know. They need something short of a miracle to to win this series because the Padres are firing on all cylinders. Like when you look at their lineup, they're actually they're getting production from guys like Tatis and Machado, and you know we know those guys. They're they're gonna hit. We know that. But even Will Myers is hitting. Will Myers hit 288 with 15 home runs this year. That was a guy that, you know, we talked about on this podcast. Like, we talked about him as, like, a guy that, oh, man, would we take Will Myers, just would we take his bad contract just to get rid of, you know, Mookie, you know, in the offseason? Or would we take his bad contract to get rid of anybody? He's actually contributing now. Eric Hosmer, who had a down year last year, he's hitting 287. He's kind of found his groove again. Um, Jerks and Profar, who was sort of just an extra guy, wasn't sure really where, where he was going to slot in, hitting 278. Like, that lineup is firing on all cylinders. And don't pay so much attention to the guys they added because Mitch Moreland, unfortunately, like, hitting 203 since he got there. He's kind of gone back to being Mitch Moreland. Um, but they've got the pitching. Charlie mentioned it. Like, don't just think about Chris Paddock. Think about. Denelson LeMay. Think about Zach Davies. Those guys, 
those two have actually been their best pitchers. And oh, by the way, they added Mike Clevenger. So they've got four viable starters that they can put in front of you. And they've got this lineup that is probably producing the best other than the Dodgers of any lineup in the National League playoffs. I think the Padres are going to coast in this series. I don't think the Cardinals, they don't have the bullets. You know, it, I, who, who are they even starting in game one? It's, you know, Kim. So you're hoping that he pitches a gem, but he's probably going to get knocked around. This lineup's just too good. And after that, the Cardinals don't have much. It's Wainwright and then whoever else. The well, Padres are too good. Flaherty goes is, game three which surprises me because he must have pitched like the last game of the season. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. Flaherty should be game one. So, okay. Uh, but so, yeah, right. According to MLB, it's, uh, it's Kim Wainwright and then Flaherty. Yeah. So I don't love that for the Cardinals. I'd rather have Flaherty in game two or game one. So yeah, I just think the Padres are too much. They're, they're going to cruise. I definitely agree here. Um, admittedly, I, I didn't really watch a ton of, of Cardinals uh, this season. Um, you know, Wainwright, he's, he might be 40. He's, he's in that neighborhood, and he, he's been a good postseason pitcher, you know, except for that one game against the Red Sox. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's been there. Not sure why they're starting – Kim in there um you know obviously if circumstances allowed it it would be Flaherty in game one that guy's a bona fide ace probably going to be a perennial Cy Young candidate for you know the next decade it's my favorite name in baseball too by the way Jack Flaherty that's like a name from the 1960s I feel like just an old school Mm -hmm. name and yeah but when it comes down to it the Padres are good in every area. They're they're very well balanced. They've got a ton of offense, as, as much offense as anybody on that side of the bracket. I'm a little concerned about their starting pitching. Uh, they do have Paddock going uh, game one. LeMay will likely go game two, but he was basically sidelined for a biceps issue. So hopefully... You know, that was just a blip, and he really is healthy, um, you know, to go for game two. It's it's a little concerning that he's not officially listed uh, there yet. And then Mike Clevenger has an elbow sprain, which is kind of ominous, but they traded for him. He's injury-prone anyway. He could miss half of the next two seasons after this that they have him under control, so... You may as well try to pitch him, you know, if you traded for him and gave up your third, fourth, and, and fifth-ranked prospects or whatever they were. Um, so I just I just feel like for the Cardinals to win, everything has to go right in, in every area. Their starting pitching has to perform. Their lineup has to hit. And, you know, I mean, they they were better than I thought they would be this year, but certainly nowhere near as good as what the Padres are, are trotting out. I mean, one through nine almost, the Padres can mash. And, yeah, Mitch Moreland was a 200 hitter, but you know what? 
that's what he was in in the second half of of 2018 and he mashed in the playoffs that's a guy i want in my lineup in a big game and i just the padres are better you know all the way around and i just don't see the stars aligning for the cardinals and i'll take the padres in two games yeah i i just think they're too much they're too much and and the cardinals are kind of trending the wrong way to be honest as a franchise i i think they're trending too old and they don't have a ton of young guys i know that um dylan cousins is going to be on their roster soon but you know you look at goldschmidt and wainwright's probably on his last year molina's old like I just I think the Padres are trending the right way and the Cardinals are not trending well and I think that's going to play out. Yeah, I mean I mean the four teams got in. That's how bad, you know, the National League was this year. The the East was was trash and you know, the other three teams in the West, you know, were trash. So, um yeah, I mean the long term definitely doesn't doesn't look good in St. Louis. And they've got they've had such a great, you know, postseason history, you know, in the last decade and a half. So but I, it's definitely all about the Padres and the Dodgers here for the foreseeable future. I mentioned on the last night's show, that is gonna be the rivalry. Like those guys, that's gonna be the biggest rivalry in baseball for the next decade. Because while the Red Sox are down, the Yankees are winning. But I think the Yankees are about to go through the same thing that they went through after the 2012 season where they're going to go into purgatory for probably at least two or three years, maybe four. And that that West division in the National League is going to be a lot of fun. And the nice thing about this side of the bracket is the Padres are at the bottom of it. Dodgers are at the top. They're not going to play each other until the league championship series in a seven-game set. You know, unlike the the uh, you know the American League side where the Yankees and Rays are potentially going to play the next round. So I love the way this bracket is situated, and you know I, I love the upset potential of, of the Marlins in the first round. I think the the Reds can get hot. I mean, it's a long shot, but I think they're good enough in every area that if they get hot, they can they can go on that run. Um, so we'll just we'll just see. Charlie, uh, final thoughts. I was actually just doing a little bit of uh, searching because you know we were talking about some of the older players. Yadi Molina is thirty eight years old. Uh, Adam Wainwright is. 39 years old Joey Votto I believe is 38 as well or 30 he's 37 Yadier Molina who you wouldn't expect that actually has more hits than Joey Votto career and yes Yadier's actually that's what I thought I was like you know it just made me think about it because when you're talking about the reference with with Ted Williams the fact that he reached base 154 games I look back at that uh, season. He had 134 walks. Right. That's that's just dumb. 36 homers, 100 RBIs. He's still uh, about 100, 100 hits or so behind Yadi Molina. Molina just got 2,000. He just got his 2,000th hit this year. Uh, Joey Votto just cracked 1,900. Um, but if you were to, you know, if he didn't walk as much because Joey Votto has 1,200 career walks, that's a stupid number. 
Uh, Yadi Molina has just over 500. So weird little fun stat. I was just taking a peek at that. Um, I felt really good about the picks that we made yesterday, Terry. I feel <laughs> much better about the picks that we made tonight because a couple of them are just like easy. You have gopher teams in here. Uh, I, I think three of the teams that made the playoffs in the National League, they just shouldn't be here. So we'll see what happens. And speaking of that, Jason, we kind of weighed in on it last night, but how do you feel about this format, and what would you like to see as next year's format? I kind of I want it to go back to normal. Um, I know that's boring. I know that like a lot of people in a lot of different fan bases are excited about the expanded format because you get to see teams that aren't necessarily always there kind of crack their way in and get a shot, but... I don't know. Like, do I really have to sit here and watch, you know, bad team like the Brewers? No offense, Terry. But, like, <laughs> I think the Brewers are one of the worst teams in the National League. Do I really have to watch them play playoff games? Like, the Marlins, I know they have upset potential, but are they really going to get past the Cubs? Probably not. You know, it just it seems like a waste to me. If if we have a full season next year, and that's a big if, um, I kind of want to just go back to normal. Go back to the way it was. You know, give me the one game wild card. I think that's awesome. I think it's one of the best things that MLB has ever done. Give me that again, and give me you know, let's let's give more preference to the division winners like we used to, and let's go back to that because you know expanded playoffs are a fun idea, but I think in reality you're just looking at a lot of games that as a fan you don't want to watch. Like as a casual fan, who wants to watch you know? What's his name? Uh, Sandy Alcantara pitch against the Cubs and give up bombs to Schwarber and Rizzo and all them. Like, that's not fun. Nobody's going to want to watch that. It's kind of like wildcard weekend in the NFL. It can be fun, but like if the Browns squeak in, is anyone really going to pay attention to what the Cleveland Browns do that first weekend? No, no one's going to want to watch that. So I would prefer it goes back to the way it is or the way it usually is next year. Yeah, and that that's what we thought last night as well. Um, you know, Manfred was looking at seven teams on each side with one getting a bye, and, and then they were going to do the goofy NCAA thing where the second-best team could pick their opponent, and then the third-best team would, and then the two leftover teams would play each other. I think seeing, you know, some of these teams get in, Hopefully, Manfred will at least get away from that concept because, I mean, it is two less teams getting in with that format than this year, but still not good. And, you know, they could do it the way the NFL does it. Two teams on each side get a bye with, you know, maybe two out of three wild card games, you know, with, you know, with two separate matchups before they get to the teams with the buys. But... Here's another thing, too. They're doing this in the name of ratings. Most people are working during the day, so what justice does this do the Reds when they have a noon game on a Thursday? Or or a Wednesday, whatever. I I just don't see... You're making the product bad, and it's just... It's pointless. You're, You're doing it for no reason. And I'll reiterate on one other point I made last night. Last year, in 2019, the Twins got into the playoffs and won 101 games. Did they really have any business playing the Yankees with that pitching staff? 
No. And that was a 100-game <laughs> winner, you know? So, and we knew they were going to lose. So, I just feel like bring it back to normal. I would love it if it was pre-one-game wild card, but I'm fine with it. I thought that was the biggest travesty when they came out with that as well. But, you know, it kind of grew on me, and, you know, so be it. I, I can live with that if they go back to it, but... I just feel like I'm always resistant to any type of change because if they change something in one area, they're still not going to be happy. So they're going to mess with a million other things in the years to follow. And uh, so I'm just a hard line no on everything so that they'll stop messing with it and stop fixing it until it breaks. But they're just going to do it anyway. And I just hope... Like I said last night, when the next CBA comes up and it's time for Manfred to get his contract renewed, I hope if he handles the CBA bad, the owners will look at that and then they'll look at the big debacle we had this summer, you know, with the negotiations of the number of games and the percentage of salary and whatnot. And the owners will say, this isn't our guy. You know, we need somebody else in here that we have confidence in. And, and more importantly than anybody, the, the fans have confidence in him because everybody hates Rob Manfred. And I'll, I'll mention this one thing. I hate to, hate to rehash so many things in 24 hours, but I made this point last night. You know, there's, there's a separation in age where I think the younger fans are okay with the steroid guys getting in, but the older fans, you know, are, are more purists and, and they don't want to see it and – and younger fans might like juice baseballs because they love the home run, but the older fans just don't want to, you know, they're purists as well. So you can have you can have age differences separate, you know, people's opinions on various things. But the one thing you can't separate is everybody unanimously, no matter if they're young or old, everybody hates Rob Manfred. There's no separation anywhere when it comes to that. So, oh yeah. God, Garrett, that's true. It's true. You know, I, I the one thing that's really good about everybody on here is that we all uh, we agree. You know, maybe not on on the scores or the total number of games for the series and whatnot. We agree on the overall love and respect of the game. We want to keep things the way that it, the way that they have been. And too much tinkering is not a good thing. You may think that you're you're helping the sport. Uh, by changing it up, you're actually damaging it by making so many changes. It's unhealthy. Um, not for for us as as you know non players. Uh, it's it's unhealthy for everyone in general. Um, you did mention a point about the the steroid players. You know which generation want them in, which ones did not. But here's the thing: you tinker too much. The younger generations they're just going to get used to it because all right, whatever. That's what they do in sports. Older generations, that's not going to fly. They're not going to want to see seven-inning doubleheaders. They're not going to want to see um, pitch clocks, uh, three batter rules, things like that. I think what they would like to see, honestly, the older generations, are starting pitchers go six, seven innings and uh, you know, kind of bring that back. Unfortunately, they don't. They just don't have it anymore. After 85 pitches, 90 pitches, pitchers just – they don't have the, the, the strength to maintain you know, being healthy and whatnot. I just – it is what it is, whether it's too much steroids in the meat that people are consuming. I don't know. I think, I mean, that's my, call me a conspiracy theorist, but I think that's that's one of the reasons we're, we're, there's too much steroids now in the food that people are eating. And that's why people are getting so big, and that's why uh, people are getting injured. But 
Um, I, I really hope they don't tinker too much more with this because uh, I think you are right, Terry. I don't think a lot of people are, are happy with Rob Manfred. And I think if you were to uh, kind of pull all of the commissioners um, and Manfred's name is on that list, you're going to see his name uh, mentioned quite a few more times. And I don't think it's even close. Absolutely. Absolutely. My my big fear, this is this is my boogeyman now because they've messed with so many other things. I'm seriously worried that seven inning baseball games might be a thing, you know, by the end of this decade. I think they'll get rid of the nine inning games and the union, you know, that'll be less jobs. So maybe hopefully they'll throw up a stink about it. But uh, I could see you're, you're already seeing the propaganda. I've seen some national writers say, you know, they really ought to look at that. And I'm like, oh, here we go, you know, and so on and so forth. You know what, though? I uh, If I ever, ever say again that we can get a show done in 30 minutes, call bullshit <laughs> right away. Because I thought it was really plausible, but we're at 52 right now. But I think it was entertaining, so it's fine. Um, well, if, 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 if I'm doing the show, you know it's going to last at least an hour. I'm the one who gets, you know, I talk myself out of tickets, you know? So yeah. you know you're getting a lot of talk out of me here. <laughs> it's all good. We're going to we're gonna miss it in a month or so when, when all we have is really hot stove and, you know, whatever. The Red Sox manager situation will probably be played out by then. But, but all right, guys, good show. There was a lot more diversity tonight, mostly thanks to me. But um, those were my picks. You know, I wasn't I wasn't trying to be a contrarian. So, um, so the let's see when are we coming on next uh, Friday night to to recap this preview the uh, divisional series. Um, so we'll we'll go over it all then. So have a good night, guys. Take care, y'all. All right, see you. Wild card National League preview in the books. Definitely some good matchups. I'm excited because we did have some diversity. So I'm I'm hoping I'll be a genius come come Friday with some uh, upset specials here. Um, but we'll we'll see. So everyone have a good rest of your work week, and uh, we'll be back actually Thursday night for the American League side of the recap and divisional series preview. So take care.